or you're saying the wrong thing, you're going to turn, you know, the potential client off, number one. Right. So I, I definitely say be an expert. Number two, have all of your business together. I think it's more so about us having our foundations together before trying to go chase some check. You know what I mean? Because once we get the check, you know, and they have these high expectations of, um, you know, of just deliverables. And if you're not able to deliver, you know, um, it can be quite embarrassing. It can be... um, Hello, and thank you for joining us on Posh Talks Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Women Living Intentional, a group created for those who are looking and ready to live in purpose. Now over to your host, Tayani Tellis. Hello, and welcome to Posh Talks Podcast, where living intentional consists of high vibes and posh lifestyles. I'm your host, Tayani Tellis, and today's episode is being an unstoppable force with Trish Taylor. Today's quote states that you should starve your distractions and feed your focus. That quote, guys, is by someone who is unknown. Now, before we get into today's episode, this podcast is sponsored by Intentional Investment. Our BizBox program is now live, guys. Are you interested in starting a business but cannot seem to find the creativity or resources or the time to see the vision through, where our newest program, BizBox, is your business solutions in a box. We will provide you with the support from start to finish, from branding to marketing, we have you covered. The only thing you worry about is your launch date, and if you're interested, for more information, email info at intentionallypods.com or click the link provided in the show notes. Now, to get into today's episode, our guest today is a serial entrepreneur by the name of Tish Taylor. With her powerful mix of integrity, energy, and instinct, Tish Taylor is an unstoppable force in both marketing and talent management. Tish is a self-driven executive who combines strategic savvy with boundless passion to deliver unparalleled results for her clients. Hello, Ms. Tish Taylor. How are you? And thank you again for being a part of today's episode. Thank you for having me. Yes. So for those who are new and listening, um, could you just tell us a little bit about your journey into entrepreneurship and how you got started? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. Where should I start? <laughs> um, you know, that it was everybody's my, question. <laughs> it wasn't my, I guess it wasn't my plan to, you know, be in, you know, an entrepreneur. You know, I, I've never had an or to really own my own company. I've I've never had an issue with working for other companies. Um, but my my journey into entrepreneurship really started when my my son decided he wanted to start. Well, he wanted to be in the music and the entertainment space. So that is where I, I would say the foundation began for me um, when it came to ownership and uh, building my talent management company. So basically, that's really where the core of it began. <laughs> right, that's right. the core of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, even in, in that um, in that space in itself, for you to, of course, you know, you never had a problem with, you know, working and working for a corporation. How were mm-hmm. you able to 
then decide, okay, I'm just going to full-fledged just not work, you know, a nine-to-five and really pursue, you know, entrepreneurship? Uh, Okay, so the great thing about my journey, my career journey, is that, you know, I've, I've always been in a space where I was an account manager or brand manager. So right. I, I never really had someone consistently looking over my shoulder. I've always right. um, taken all of the jobs that I've had and really treated them like they were clients, like, but indirectly, indirectly doing that. Does that make sense? Right. Like, yes. I never, I never, what's the right way to say it? I never just acted as if, oh, I'm working for this company. I, I really treated um, the accounts and the, the account man, the the accounts that I was transition just complete full fledged ownership um, and taking right. you know managing my son. That's something that I had to do because at the end of the day, when he started, he was like eleven, twelve. So as a parent, I honestly, I just thought, I thought he was that good, and so you know I'm like I. I to shift my focus completely on him. Um, there's no way I'm going to be able to work in this office from 9 to 5 or 8 right. to 4 and, you know, be, you know, quote-unquote a momager, you know. Right. So, um, I guess that's really where it started. But, again, I have no qualms with working for another company because I, I just want to put it out there because I know we are in this entrepreneurial, you know, right. um, hype <laughs> right now and it's okay <laughs> yes. but it's okay to work for a company like I said and treat the accounts as your own it's so much that you can learn under a building it's so much that you yeah. can learn and I think a lot of us you know we miss some of those foundations you know what I mean yeah. so I'm glad that I do have the foundation of um, working for a major distribution company and working for major record labels and you know, um, overseeing an account for a big corporation like Kimberly Clark throughout my journey. You know, so all of, literally all of that, keep you know, has made me be who I am today as an owner. So right, yeah, and I love you know how you spoke about this, the fact that you know you still enjoy because there was a lot of experiences and things that you learned throughout your journey um, with working with these corporations. And I totally agree because before I went full-fledged entre- the entrepreneurial route, I was mm-hmm. in the health center for their sales and marketing department. So I was able mm-hmm. to develop skills and, you know, some of those corporate tactics that you don't think about as a small business owner or, right. you know, as a business owner in general when it comes to, okay, mm-hmm. what type of support will you need when you decide to scale your business to be this, mm-hmm. um, you know, Fortune 500 company, if that's exactly. what you desire, or you need a team of 10 because, you know, your demand is higher. So I definitely um, agree with you, and I thank you mm-hmm. for even being transparent about that part because, you know, we speak highly of entrepreneurship. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I do feel like it is a um it you know, it it discourages a lot of people. You know what I mean? So that's why I I like to say that often because it discourages people because they feel like they're missing out on something. But the, the you know, for anybody that's listening, you can still be an expert 
an expert in your field still having a guaranteed check every week, two weeks. You know what I mean? So, right. um, you know, I just don't want to dis- – you know, I, I, I hate for people to be um, discouraged and feel like they're, you know, missing out on some – you know, glamorous lifestyle when it comes to, you know, what we do as entrepreneurs daily, you know, so. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. So I do want to get into, like, your three brands that you have created. Of course, I've seen you have Tish Taylor 360 Agency, um, Tish Taylor Presents, and, of course, Behind the Brand. How were you able to think? Behind Mm -hmm. the Band, yes. How were you able Mm -hmm. to create three brands and successfully tend to them all without one, you know, falling to the wayside. Except for business behind the band, but all—they're all very important to me. So I do am over if I. Let's say, what's the, what do I want to say? If I feel like I have too much on my plate, I will, you know, I won't take, I won't take so much work. You know what I mean? So, for example, I'm gonna give you an example. Um, I was, I was hired as an independent contractor though, but to oversee marketing for a record label called Think It's a Game here in Atlanta, and I worked for, worked with them for about a year and a half, and it was a lot. You know, it was a lot for me. So if I had people reaching out to me to create a sponsorship deck and to pitch, you know, I would say I have too much on my plate. I I can't do it right now because I did, you know, it it does take prioritizing certain projects. Um, And then you don't want people feeling as if they're being neglected and, you know, they're paying you for a service and then the work is not getting done. I think for me it's just really about prioritizing what you know every you know each 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 um opportunity that comes through that comes for each you know I would say company right so that's right. basically how I'm able to I, I guess make them all work <laughs> right I have so many ideas in my head I am a true serial entrepreneur entrepreneur girl I have at least thirty different business ideas and I'm like you know I can't do some more. Right. And I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, right. And I'm pretty sure you can agree. Like, you know, we are never find the perfect balance to, especially when you have multiple brands to say, okay, I'm going to spend eight hours here, eight hours here, but you make it work based on yeah. what the priority, you know, for each business is. So that kind of takes way me into the next question. Are there any like challenges you face with being in a woman, what people call quote unquote a male dominated field, but being a woman, um, and if so, how do you overcome that space? Uh, I haven't, you know, I haven't had um, some of the, I haven't experienced some of the hurt some women have experienced in this business. Right. Um, so I can't say 100% like what it feels like because I haven't truly experienced it. What I can say is that um, there, there currently, I mean, there are so many of us that are taking over and becoming senior VPs and 
presidents and I mean, so I, I do feel like the industry is paying a little bit more attention to right. um to us. Um and um you know, just giving us better better positions within the building. Um I think I think the honestly I think more so when it comes to entertainment, it's not more so man versus woman, it's more so black versus white. <laughs> right. In my You're right. opinion. That's just what I feel like. I mean, we have the rap and urban culture taking over. You know, the rap is the number one streaming genre um, um, in the music space. And, you know, if you do go to a building, you know, you only see a sprinkle of us um, in the C-suites. You know what I mean? And it's a lot of them. So, honestly, I feel like it's more of, like I said, a black and white thing more so than a man and woman thing. So, yeah, yeah, and even in even in instances like that, like, are there any for those who are probably listening and they are dealing with these type of you know issues or struggles? Is there any advice like to get? Because of course I know there is not a right answer to get past the black and white, but how to deal when you are in a situation where you know, you may be the only black person. Um, How to Mm. bypass something like that? How to bypass being the only black person? Well, not the only black person working, but, you know, if you're in a room of decision makers, how to not let that discourage, you know, you being that only brown person. I mean, although you're the only brown person, nine times out of ten, they are going to go to that only brown person for all of the advice and um, and and strategy because they're not in the field. You know what I mean? They're not really right. truly in the field seeing what's going on. Typically, it's us that is in the field and hands-on with, you know, with the talent um, and the brands that are under those major corporate umbrellas. So, um, you know, it's really hard to say. I think it's just, you know, I'm going to have to really think about it. (laughs) No, I think I I have to give it a little bit more. I think you said it. I think what you said was great. Um, Just the fact that people, you know, are going to come to us automatically lean because they need that advice. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. To understand the culture. <laughs> yeah. Because Honestly, what a lot of the corporate um, uh, corporate um, labels are doing, I mean, they're literally bringing in young people just to intern, just to have them around. Not typically, right. not necessarily giving them real jobs, but just, more and more millennial interns because they get it. You know what I mean? They get it. It's unfortunate that they just won't give them a check and give them some medical insurance because these hot, you know, these guys don't want to, you know, they don't really know anything. You know what I'm saying? So I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, but that's what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. So, I mean, what could you give? What advice could you give someone who is trying to secure like their first high-profile client? Like, I know, of course, there are steps to take, but what would be like those first baby steps or initial steps that a person is to take? The first steps, I think, is really truly understanding the 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 business that you're in. You know what I mean? I mean, one yeah. like knowing 
making sure that you are so confident because if you're not confident or you're saying the wrong thing, you're going to turn, you know, the potential client off, number one. Right. So I, I definitely say be an expert. Number two, have all of your business together. I think it's more so about us having our foundations together before trying to go chase some check. You know what I mean? Because once we get the check, you know, and they have these high expectations of, um, you know, of just deliverables, and if you're not able to deliver, you know, um, it can be quite embarrassing. It can be, um, you know, it could just be horrible for your business and then your brand personally. So I, like I said, have, be an expert, have your business together. And then number three, I would say, I guess have really great follow-up, follow follow-through skills. I think that's very important. I think that's very yeah. important. Um, I don't, you know, if you have a potential um, client that you would like to work with and they send you an email, I think, you know, you should be responding back in a, you know, um, I don't know, within an hour, two hours possibly. I don't think you should be giving them a 48-hour turnaround, <laughs> things of that right. nature. So, you know. Right. But also right. another thing is just, you know, um, I would say just building, just taking the baby steps to just build because I, I do think that, it's just imp- people like to work with people that they like. So, um, you know, going out to lunch, doing a quick coffee, you know, let's just have coffee for you got 20 minutes to do coffee. Um, you know, I don't think it should always be about work, you know. Right. So I think it's about building that trust with the, you know, with the client. Yeah. And I, and I definitely agree with you. Like you hit it nail on the head because typically a lot of times, you know, I have noticed that people will go in and they just want the deal. They study the the business, the organization, but they never try to understand the actual client or person that they have to deal with. So mm-hmm. it's like they either mm-hmm. end up having a nightmare client or experience or, mm-hmm. you know, they're just not connecting at all and they don't get the deal because, like mm-hmm. you said, I feel like I would want to work with somebody who is more interested in knowing about me and then my company versus, you know, just about my company and then me because, you know, you have to deal with me majority of the time. Mm-hmm, so it's, mm-hmm. it's important for us to know are we well together, you know, do we click, can we work together, do we communicate well, and we find we find out those things through, like you said, like coffee and lunch dates and, you know, just taking that, initiate, that initiative or that initial investment if right. you really want that um, that client to say, okay, you know, before I even get into a legally binding situation with yeah, someone, for sure. <laughs> you know, let for me sure. see who this person is. So mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you um, mm-hmm. because sometimes it's not even about the the profile of the client. Um, more so than anything is just are y'all able to have a long-term relationship and it's exactly i'm gonna be honest with you i do a lot of background checks on people i i, I do background checks i really? mean i am like girl what i am the background <laughs> check queen i am the google queen because i mean you have you're to, I, yes you're right i am the google queen i am the twitter search queen you know people I I just I I I can't I don't have the time to 
you know, it, it's, it's a you know, it's just a, it's a lot of facading going on. So I, I just I just want to make sure that right. like it's worth it. You know, you understand what I'm saying? You just got to make sure it's worth, it, especially in my field. So that's just yes. how, that's just how I operate. You know, yes. so. And then some if people I have, feel like <laughs> if I have if I have this if something is throwing me off a little bit, I you know, I will, you know on the corporate company you know what I'm saying? I know that that it's looking higher, but I do feel like as small business owners right. that we should consider because you wanna make sure you're you know, you, you get your next payment on the fifteenth or your next payment on the first or you right. know, I just don't wanna deal with um a client who it's just not honest or they're, you know, maybe they're going through their own financial issues. The company is going right. through financial issues. You just, honestly, you never, ever really truly know. So, yeah. hopefully yeah, that I'm, didn't scare anybody listening. No. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true because I feel like I'm a, I'm a little bit of a sponsor too, like, because like you said, you just don't know people. You know, their intentions, yeah. the Instagram could be dressed up really cute, and, you know, the branding could be done well, and they could work with this person and that person. But like I said, like, I've had experiences with nightmare clients, and it's like, it looks good, but it's like, mm-hmm. like you said at the same time, you got to make sure that your business, especially when you're allowing somebody to associate or attach themselves to you that – it's in the favor and likeliness of what you mm-hmm. have built. So, oh, absolutely, I mean, I for it. sure, for sure. I get it. Absolutely. I get it. <laughs> well, in my business, you know, you deal with a lot of independent promoters, so you do have to do your research. You know, you don't want your clients to go to a city, they don't get their back in, or they're getting fake money, or right. you know, you know, things of that nature. Or let's say you're a film company, you get re, you know, we're reached out to a lot of uh, independent film companies that want to do independent films, they don't have the means to, they don't have the funding, they don't know what an escrow account is, they, you know, they, right. it's just, it's a lot. So, you know, you just don't want to, for me, I'm dealing with, you know, I'm overseeing actual brands that are people. So, for me, it's like, right. I don't want to put them in, you know, a bad situation because ultimately that's going to hurt me. You know, right? So, and they're gonna look to yeah. you for answers. <laughs> yeah, like what happened? You didn't know this. <laughs> How did you meet this person and all of this stuff? Oh, right. Yeah. So, um, I did get a chance to look at your website, and I love it, by the way. Um, and I seen that you had, yeah, of course, you had where you know people are able to create like brand partnerships and sponsorships. So when a person wants to create like a brand partnership, what are one or two strategies you can give them to cultivate like these new relationships that they're trying to achieve? Well, first it needs to be like what is the opportunity? You know, I think right. when it comes to uh, well, let's talk about sponsorships. For sponsorship it's more so what marketing opportunities do we have? to give this, you know, this this potential sponsor, you know, like what right. brand awareness can we offer them? It's more so about, like, why are we reaching out to them? Are, is this for a concert? Are you looking to curate your own event, your own festival? 
um, you know, things of that nature. So I, you know, you just can't reach out to someone and just say, oh, I want you to just, I want you to sponsor a logo on the side of my van. You know, it's just like, what is right. the, um, <laughs> especially nowadays, you know what I mean? It's like brands are, they're, they, they are smarter um, when it comes to sponsorship. It, it just has to be very well worth it for them. So I right. think, um, for you know, if it's sponsorship, it's just about what it what opportunities can we provide for them. You know what yeah. I mean. So, um, and secondly, the dollars that you absolutely need. So, um, having budget management experience is definitely helpful as well. Um, so, oh, another thing when it comes to sponsorship, also, um, I think that if you know someone that has a relationship with the brand, referrals are always good as well. So, yeah, before reaching yeah. out, referrals are always good because you will probably you probably will get a response quicker with a referral. Yeah, when it comes I to, um, yeah, endorsement deals. I mean, again, it has to be the right partnership. You know, I don't think um, any talent should be endorsing a brand that they really don't like or may not use because nowadays when it comes to endorsement, digital is definitely going to be a factor. So if you have an issue right. with hosting a brand and they just paid you fifteen, dollars $100,000, then it's like, why did we do this deal? You know, so I don't think right. that um, you should take a deal specific, you know, because of a check. You should, the, the talent, it should just, it should be, there should be synergy. That's the right word. There should definitely be synergy there. Um, also, when looking into endorsement deals, you want to look into the the terms. Um, it's like how long, um, how long, are, how long is the deal? Is it, is it um, an exclusive deal? Um what else? How long are they using your name and your, your image likeness? Um, I mean, the fee, is, the fee is always important, but to me it's more so about reach. You know what I mean? Right. So what are the vis- visible opportunities that, you know, this um, endorsement or this partnership is going to – will bring, you know, will bring. And I think, that, I think that's really, really, really my first deal that I did was for Jacob, my son, Jacob Lattimore. It was in 2014. It was with Post, and it was with Honeycomb Cereal. Um, the money was actually really good, but it was what really attracted me to that opportunity was just, like, the impressions, <laughs> the look. Right. It was just, like, a really big deal. You know, I mean, he was all over the radio. There were big posters and every you know, in Albertsons and Kroger's and in big cities like Chicago, Atlanta, Houston, um, New Jersey. Right. Those were the the four target markets. There was a $500,000 media buy on, um, I think it was Spotify at the time, iHeartRadio. So you heard his voice, hey, I'm Jacob Lattimore and I'm doing this. And it was just like, it was a really right. big deal. And honestly, that is, that is when my passion for brand partnerships truly sparked. I'm like, okay, I want to do a deal every month. <laughs> yeah, and I was just about to say that, too, because you just said something so profound. I'm pretty sure at that moment, you know, because like you said, 
your son, you know, he started very young. So not only was it beneficial for him and you, um, but also, like, for them because of the demographic and the target market they Mm -hmm. were trying to reach. So I don't think people take that into consideration when you're thinking about partnerships and sponsorships. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just not a taking situation. It should be a give and take. So, you know, what am I able Mm -hmm. to provide? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yep. But you're exactly was, right. Because I was just listening to you, and I'm just like, you know, it was like that light bulb moment. I'm like, you know, it wasn't just a one-sided situation where they're like, you know, we want to just pour all this money into this boy. It was just like we love him, we like him, you know, and our numbers are great, which is great value for him, and we're re- we're willing to still compensate him. But on the back end, you know, he's going to add value and push us as well. Mhm. Yes. Ex- exactly. Exactly. And that's so exactly what happened. happened. It was a really great partnership. It was a really great partnership, and it was their first time actually working with the African American talent. Wow. And um, and uh, you know, really trying to push their brand in front of you know the the African American demographic uh, demo of um what was like. 11 to 16 years old. So right. it, just, it was a really great partnership. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So I know we're getting close to the end, and I've I'm, I'm just been loving the conversation. However, I do have a last question pertaining, okay. um, you know, to those who are interested in the entertainment space because I know that you primarily deal with those, and that's what you do day in and day out. So how should a new artist or talent market themselves to start creating a space um, or that publicity for them? Well, I think number one is consistency. You know, honestly, in this day and age, if we're talking about music artists, it's definitely consistency. This day and age, we honestly, we don't know what people are going to like. (laughs) There's so much stuff that's (laughs) out in the marketplace that is so successful that you wouldn't think could, would even get to platinum status, get to gold status, you know what I mean? So I think more so it's about consistency and content, just like how we have to run our small business and be consistent and be, and with content, you know what I mean? The same with artists, the same with artists. Um, And, and also when it comes to on the music side, understanding that you are still a small business. You are the creative and you may be in front of the stage, but if you're independent, you're you're actually a small business. So you have to start to, you know, um, think as such. You know what I mean? Right. Is that I, I do feel like most creatives, and that's why I created Business Behind the Band. Excuse me. Um, it's because I, my, my goal is to shift the mindset of, the talent that's in front of the stage. Like right. you are a business. It's not just about singing and dancing. It's ten percent, you know that, but it's a hundred percent business. Honestly, um, right. And you know, learning and really learning the business for themselves. I don't think any talent or anybody should be dependent dependent upon their manager or the rest of their ancillary team. They should really be able to, if they need to hold a meeting on their own, they should be able to hold a meeting on their own. Um, When it comes to actors, um, it's definitely 
being consistent with, um, I would say, building relationships locally or regionally with talent, with, um, with casting directors, because it's really difficult to get a talent agent. It's just, I, believe it or not, it's really difficult to get a really good, reputable talent agent. So I would say right. for someone that's looking to get into the TV and film space, building those relationships with casting directors, however they may need, however they can, I would say start there. Because once you do land something, all of the, all of the agents, they'll come to you. You're not going to have to seek and find them and find them. They'll, they'll definitely come to you. But in the meantime, while you're building those relationships with casting directors, um, you can submit your photos and a paragraph if you don't have a resume, just a paragraph about yourself to some of the smaller agencies that's in your area if you can't be in like an L.A. or a New York. Because I, I, me personally, I still believe L.A. is still the place to be if you're going to be, yes. if you want to do TV and film. So yes. hopefully that yes. made sense. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> it did. Okay. <laughs> no, it did. It did. Like, you gave okay. valuable information, and I love how you broke it down based on, you know, what type of talent, because that's important um, to know, especially when, you know, it's just not one tailored strategy or solution. So definitely. No, not. <laughs> Consistency was, across the board in any business. Of course. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, like, what other services do you offer for those who are listening and wanting to connect with you? How can a person work with you? Um, and do you have any mentorship programs available? You know, I the mentorship programs, not at the moment. I am a little bit swamped right now because I am okay. trying to get business behind the band um, afloat. So okay. um, first business behind the band is a platform. Um, it's, it's basically a music, a music marketing agency, but I offer digital products to um, entrepreneurs that are in the music and entertainment space. So currently okay. I am just trying to gather all of my digital products. <laughs> so I'm just a little overwhelmed with that. Yeah, um, but I do offer consulting. Um, if there is anybody who is looking to get into the music or entertainment space, I do offer three consulting packages, really a one-hour pick-my-brain session. Um, um, my second um, package is a fan-based development um, session where that is basically for artists who have a project that they're getting ready to release, but they really need help with developing the marketing plan. Um, so I offer okay. that, and then I offer a long-term project um, project management um, consult for – it's pr pretty much like six weeks. But that is really for independent labels who are truly serious about their business. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's pretty much what I did for Think It's a Game. It just lasted a year and a half. Right. <laughs> yeah. After the year and a half with them, and I oversaw Wife and Lucci about – and one project for an artist named Q Money that were there. And management-wise, um, I am speaking to new talent on the music, TV, and film space. I have not um, solidified any new clients just yet. So right now, I actually, I just made this decision to expand my um, my my management um, company with clients. So right now, I'm just kind of like talking to people, um, but, you know, 
people can email me at um, tish at businessbehindthebrand.com if they are looking for management, and I can just pretty much do my research on my end. And if it's a fit, then I'll reach back out. If it's not a fit, I probably won't reach back out. <laughs> and, um, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So how can they find you and support you? How can everyone find me? Okay, I yes. am on Instagram mostly. I am also on Facebook, but Instagram is at Tish Taylor. Um, my business behind the band is at business behind the band. My management company is at Tish Taylor Presents. So those are the three yes. places you can find me on social, and my website is tish-taylor.com. Yes, yes, I love it. I love it. And I just want to thank you again for being a part of today's episode. It was super amazing. Um, I love all the advice that you gave. Um, I know it will be very beneficial, especially for those who are trying to be in the entertainment space or thinking about launching, you know, their own business um, to get into the entertainment space, whatever they're trying to do. Um, You really gave value today, and I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I get a little nervous yes. talking, but thank you so much for having me. <laughs> of course, I do too. I do too. It's just I do this every Tuesday and Thursday, so I'm yeah, kind of just like you do a great you job. Do you do a great thank job. Thank you. Oh. Thank you so okay. much. So, but thank you again for being such a powerhouse. It was super amazing connecting with you and listeners. Remember to subscribe to www.instantplayfox.com for upcoming episodes. If you know anyone who can benefit from this podcast, please, please pass this episode along. The more people you send this way, it helps build us as a community, and we're able to keep providing you with valuable content and episodes. Also, do not forget to subscribe and leave us a review. I love hearing from you. My team loves hearing from you, and it helps us grow as a brand. As always, guys, have a high-vibe, intentional week. Thank you again for listening to Posh Talks Podcast. This podcast was brought to you and sponsored by Women Living Intentional and Intentional Investments. Want to learn more about us? Check us out at intentionallyposh.com. And as always, have a high vibe intentional week.